Let's continue on with talking about God's love. Get a full revelation of how much God truly does love us and wants to have a relationship with us. The Lord's still telling us to continue on here to keep revealing more and more of His love. You said something that just hit me. What's that? We're not going to get there today, the full revelation of God's love. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, we've been talking about this, the love of God and, and truth versus the lies of the devil. It really is simple, but it is many faceted. It's huge. (laughs) I just want people to begin to understand that if you're walking with the Lord, he's got a lot more than we can even, what's that in Ephesians 3.20, begin to think or imagine. I got to go there and read that. It's just so good, Mitch. It's just the Word of God is alive and sharp. And it, it's Ephesians 3, 18. 18? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Hallelujah. I got to read this from the Amplified too. 17. May Christ, through your faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love, and founded securely on love. Isn't that what we're trying to get people to begin to comprehend? Yes. <laughs> this love Not of just God. those people, but us. Us too. <laughs> it's, it's to real. comprehend that love. Verse 18. Yes. That you, that we, may have the power and be strong to comprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love, what is the breadth and length and height and depth of it? So vast. It's, yeah. So vast, vast, that love. But that's what we're talking about. That's what we're trying to relay to people. Now one more scripture. This is King James. And now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us power we're trying to expose the truth that the god of the creation the creator lives in us that power that's the truth truth. yes i'm glad you read that now let's go back over here first john because there's some awesome stuff in these scriptures here that we were just getting into, too. Yes. First John four seventeen. If you want to read it in your version, I, I'm going to have to read it in the Amplified. Well, let me read from the New King James. There you go. Love has been perfected among us in this. And the reason we have this love that perfects has been perfected in us. The reason we need to understand this love and have confidence in this love of God. That we may have boldness, (laughs) boldness. We're to have boldness. We're to have confidence. We're to have courage that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world right now. That's amazing. So are we in this world, in this present day world world that's our right spirits now. now 
Our spirits are perfect. That's it. Our spirit. So when we all go be with the Lord, this is what's going to be judged. Do you remember me making reference to that earlier about what God sees will be our spirit? And that's how we're identified is by that spirit. What comes to mind, Terry, is Ephesians 1, 13. We are identified by that Holy Spirit of promise that dwells within us. I want to read that. It's We're sealed. Sealed, thank you. Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Yes. That's the truth. <laughs> that is the truth. And here, I want to read it from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In Him, in Christ, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. See how we hear the word of truth again? Mm. The gospel of your salvation, the truth. The gospel is truth. In whom also, having believed. See the progression there? Yes. In whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Verse 14. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory? That's a guarantee of inheritance by having that Holy Spirit of promise dwelling within us. That's what God sees. That's how we identify. That's how we are identified. It's through the Holy Spirit. So when we stand before God at Judgment Day, what he's going to see is that spirit that you believed the word that was spoken to you. You believe my son. And by you just simply believing in my son, you're able to have eternal life. And he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. And he'll wrap his arms around you and say, I love you. Thank you for believing in what I have provided for you. I just tried to paint a little picture of God's love so we can get a visual in our mind the overwhelming, unconditional love God has for us. 1 John 4, 17 in the Amplified. This is what you're talking about. In this union, in this union and communion with Him. Wow. Scripture's telling us this right now. Yes. In this union and communion with Him, love is brought to completion and attains perfection with us that we may have confidence for the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face him because as he is so are we in this world there it is again and we have that confidence and that boldness and as he is terry that means jesus is seated on the right hand of god in the presence of god we are seated with him right now in heavenly places yes as he is, so are we now in this world. I want people to think about that. That's in their spirit now. That's the spirit. Because when we die, what is left? Our body. Our physical body is here. What actually leaves us? Spirit and soul. The spirit and soul. That's what goes to be with the Lord. Not your body. Because God's not looking at your body. It's the spirit. 
that's been born again through him. So that spirit that's a reflection of Christ, the reflection of the Father, goes to be with the Lord in our soulish realm. And those two things, Terry, the spirit and soul are invisible. We can't see those, can we? We can't touch those. No, no way. It's all up here. It's all up in the brain, in the mind, something you can't see and touch. It's our core that goes to be with the Lord. That's why I say that our relationship with God is strictly through the spirit, not through the flesh, where we try to identify with God through the flesh, through our five senses. God's not seeing that at all. That's why we talk about so much if there's condemnation and guilt in your life. That's not from God because God's not looking at that. So when you feel oppression and you feel condemnation and guilt, you need to understand that's a lie and comes from the devil. And your faith and your confidence and your trust and your boldness and your courage comes from the Word of God. And you just need to stand on that and believe that and not allow those lies to take control because as we read further on down we see what happens when that takes control i just went back and looked up a scripture in acts okay and uh it's just referring to this word boldness that word boldness jumped out at us sure this is when peter was in jail and he they were praying and he he was uh, miraculously released i'm trying to just draw our attention to what was going on here but they there was this miracle that occurred and they gathered together and were praying they were praying lord behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word it's the same holy spirit today that gives us boldness they were praying for that boldness back then and we have it now in the holy spirit they had it but they were just wanting Reassurance. Reassurance. They because were... that's what the Holy Spirit does is give us reassurance. He gives us comfort. He gives us love. He gives us teaching to build all that up. We're always wanting to grow in reassurance and comfort. Yes. The scripture is given to edify. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. Edification <laughs> means to build up. Yes. That's what the Holy Spirit's to do. Building us up right now. He's building us up. He's building who's listening to this message right now. He's building them up. And who's seeking. Yes, you always have to be seeking. The Holy Spirit will prompt you to seek him. It's still up to you whether you yield to that prompting. Holy Spirit is awesome. <laughs> but he's trying to build us up. And I think that's in uh, 1 Corinthians 14. Two and three, somewhere around in there. I just can't recall right off, but it talks about edification is to build you up. Exhortation is to teach you and comfort. If it's building you up and teaching you the love of God, doesn't that give you comfort? Doesn't that build your confidence? Doesn't that reassure your heart, reassure your mind? Yes. That's all truth. Absolutely. You know, we mentioned earlier about you want people to open the Bible, but even if they didn't, God would still love them? Yes. This is why you want to open the Bible for comfort, exhortation, and edification. To be built up to combat the lies of the devil, to have victory in our lives. Yes. And that's how we can look like Jesus looked, walk like Jesus, and, and be as he is. Yes. Through the word. 
because that's how he accomplished it. He resonated in the love of God. He had a full, if I can say this, he had a full, complete revelation of the Father. And he basked in that. It was the glory he always talked about. He understood (laughs) no matter what happened to him in the physical, his spirit was going to be with the Father. The Spirit of the Lord was with him all the time because he says, I'm never alone. I'm one with the Father. Yes. We are one with the Father. Yes. That's why when he was hanging on the cross and his last words were, I commend my spirit to you. Wow. He understood that, that love. He understood that it wasn't physical. It was spiritual. And it's no different for us today. We have that same account with Stephen, don't we? That we admire. Because it wasn't just for Jesus. We have this picture. It was for every human being. He said the same words. I commend my spirit to you. He had that revelation as well. Now, how much, I don't know, but he had this revelation of complete understanding because he saw into the heavens before he died, and he rested. That was comfort to him. He saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Yes. And Mitch, it affected the people that were there because Paul was there, a Pharisee of the Pharisees. And we don't know what he was thinking, do we? No. But you know it touched him. How can this man being stoned say, Father, forgive them? He was loving those people, even though they were killing him, just like our Lord was. Man, did Stephen have a revelation of the love of God? He did. Wow. That's the revelation we want to have. Amen. We want to bask in that love. (laughs) Where there's no condemnation, there's no guilt. We're focused and totally believing in what God's Word says when we trust in the truth. And we're just allowing those lies to fall away. They're not taking residence in our mind any longer. We're not held captive by those lies. I'm going to repeat some of this. 1 John 4, verse 16, in the American Standard Version, we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this... Love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Now read 18. This talks about Stephen. This talks about how we can walk as well. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. Let's stop there. There is no fear in love. And we see that with Jesus. We see that with Stephen. There was no fear in love. They totally rested and were totally believing what God was telling them through his words. They trusted the truth. They didn't believe a lie because fear could have overcome them, couldn't it? Very easily. I'm backing up here in Scripture. <laughs> I told you I backed up. I read backwards sometimes. Verse 17, in this is the same portion of Scripture in Amplified, in this, in, I've read this before, but in this union and communion with Him, love is brought to completion and attains perfection with us that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. It's this assurance and this boldness that we have in this union with Him. It's that truth. It's that knowing. The more we know God, we begin to to be like Stephen. 
We have no fear. There's no fear in love. Dread does not exist, but full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment, and so he who is afraid has not received the full maturity of love, is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. If we still fear, if we have fear in our heart and in our mind, we haven't been perfected in love. That's all that's saying. Every one of us face fear at different times throughout our life. And fear comes from Satan. It's not from God. Because what does fear do? It causes torment. In the New King James, it says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. You know, it goes right back to there's no condemnation from God. Sure. When you understand there's no condemnation, then there's no fear. That's right. You're not afraid of God. That's so good. People are afraid of God because they don't understand the love of God. So they're afraid to approach him. They're afraid to ask him for anything. And when they do, they don't really believe he'll hear their prayers because they don't understand the love that he has for them. They feel that they're not worthy to ask anything from God. People live with fear and unworthiness most of the time because they don't understand that love of God. That's why it's so important to understand the love of God. That way there's no more fear. There's no more torment. There's no more feeling of unworthiness. Because those are all lies from the devil. I don't care what state you're in right now as a listener. I don't care what you've done. Maybe it was an hour ago. Maybe it was a week ago. Maybe it was a month ago. Whatever. God loves you no matter what you have done. And if you're having thoughts of fear and torment and unworthiness, that's from Satan. He's lying to you. He's trying to tear you down to separate you from the love of God. And if you've done something that you know does not represent the love of God, all you have to do is say, Father, I love you and I thank you that you provided this salvation for me so that you see me through the Spirit and not through the foolishness that I do through my flesh. You thank him for that. And then you'll be comforted by the Holy Spirit. And he'll teach you. At that point, when you do something or when you feel your unworthiness, you need to seek God. Yes. Not turn away from him. Run to him. (laughs) You need to run to him and wrap your arms around him and say, I love you. I'm thanking you for the love that you have for me. And by doing that, you're being built up again and not being torn down. Because we all go through this. That's why I said earlier, I mentioned that we're going to fail. We're going to fall short with our walk with God. And what we're trying to do is give you understanding that God knows our condition. Even after we were born again, that we were going to still stumble and fall because we're not perfected yet. 
We will not be perfected until we get to heaven and we have this new spiritual body. The only thing that's perfected in us now is that spirit that dwells within us. It's not our flesh that's perfected. And when we come to a knowledge and revelation of that, when we do mess up, we can turn to God and say, thank you that you've provided this for me. Because what happens if you start dwelling upon what you've done? All that's going to do is tear you down and cause you to have doubt, unbelief, unworthiness, and condemnation, and guilt. And the Father doesn't want you there because He knows the longer you dwell upon that, you're just going to continue to spiral downward and downward and downward until you get to the point where you're feeling so unworthy, you're not even hearing from the Holy Spirit anymore. And then you begin to believe the lies again of what Satan is telling you. You're not receiving the truth any longer. You're rejecting it. You've got so caught up into yourself thinking it was me that was having to do this to have that relationship with you, and it's not. So right now, I want people to be set free and understanding no matter what you've done in the past or in the present or in the future, it's always been paid for. You just need to have confidence and believe in that love and stand on that love. I think this scripture will help people. This is 1 John 5, starting in verse 10. The one who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Mm. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his son. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. And he who has the son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. And the only way we have the Son of God is believing. That's what gives us life. It's not what we do. It's just simply believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that Jesus' blood paid the price for our sins. That's what we believe in. And then we believe that the Father has sent the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that dwelled within Jesus also dwells within us. That's what gives us life. Nothing else. We can't give life to ourselves. There's nothing we can do to give life to ourselves, Terry, is there? No, nothing. We just have to have full confidence and assurance and believing the truth of what God's Word says to have oh, that love. hallelujah. Let me read the next scripture. Okay. <laughs> Verse 13. These things I have written to you. This is the written Word of God. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Oh, isn't that awesome? That's why. Eternal life is knowing God and his son. And believing it. Yes. That's all we have to do. That's the truth. 